Please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, the Apostle Paul, let me just read that first. The Apostle Paul is writing there and he says, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14, I press toward the goal. I press toward the goal. It is a goal. Amen. We are pressing towards something. There is, there is something in our crosshairs. This is our goal. Amen. And what is it? It says, for the prize of the upward or high calling of God in Christ. This is what I, I'm just shortening down to the high life. Okay. God has called us to a high life. And it requires effort. Can I get a little amen on that? <laughs> amen, okay? It ain't easy. But you're not alone. God is helping you with this, and God will help you. And God can only bless what you do. You know, if things were easy, everybody would be doing it. You know, what makes you special is when things are hard, and you fight through. Amen. And we are living in a fallen world, family. And sadly, that, that, is the, that seems to be the common theme. You know, you really have to fight hard to get anywhere. Uh, not Again, please, not because God wants to make life difficult for you or you, okay? It is because we have an enemy, amen? amen? There is somebody opposing us every step of the way right. because whenever we take steps, we are causing him problems. Right. And whenever we move forward, we are showing him to be a liar amen. and we are showing God to be great, right. that God is greater than him. There is no balance in this universe. It's totally off balance. Yeah. Okay, good is much better than bad. That's right. The problem is we've been deceived into thinking things that are not true. Absolutely. Hallelujah. And as we change our... That's the reason why Jesus said, if you can believe, what are you believing? This was in, in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. It is a powerful scripture. I know one man built his own ministry on it because it's so powerful. Okay, some, sometimes you get key things that Jesus says, and this was in the last days of his life, and he was getting out a lot of truth in that last period of his life. And that came in that time. Right. And why, I, you know, why that is, it is such a powerful statement, and I, you know, something that I believe that we really need to adhere to and understand what, what all is behind it. You know, what is behind it is, and this is the reason why I take so much time with you guys, is because if you can believe it, you can do it. Absolutely. Jesus said that if you can't believe it, it's not going to happen. And if people can come and convince you to believe something else, then it won't happen either. Get it? The attack is on the heart. It's on what you're believing. Everything that is going on in this planet. And <laughs> Anyway, all right, so, so we know it's a press. Amen? It, is, it, it takes effort. And what I want to do is now go to the scriptures that we are looking at. And what I said would sort of be a foundation scripture, okay, for this section, uh, which I've called a, a love-ruled life. And that is in Ephesians. And what I want to do today is go back one verse. I, I just had that rolling around in me, and I, th I thought, well, how far back is that? It's one verse away from where we started. So in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, which leads into Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. Hello. Okay. We're going to start back there and read through to verse 2 in chapter 5. So if he, beginning in Ephesians 4.32, it says, And be kind to one another. 
Let's stop there for a minute. <laughs> okay? I mean, if that's all we got, wouldn't that be tremendous? We'd have a lovely world if everybody was just kind to one another. I mean, that's it, man. Parents to kids and uh, spouses to spouses and uh, uh, government to people and other things. Anyway, policemen who want to stop him. <laughs> Whatever, you know. <laughs> and you say, be kind. He goes, not a problem. Okay, just, just keep it on the road, you know. <laughs> but back to verse 32. So he says here, he says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted. I really want you to take these in. Okay, every single word. Be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. You know, that's where you, you can't be tender-hearted when you're hard-hearted and you don't want to forgive. And you're mad and you're angry and you're upset and you're in strife. You can't, this, is, this, is what, this is the reason why. He says, watch now, he says, forgiving one another just as God. I want you to see those three, those three words, just as God. Not just as your dirty uncle or, or you know, your auntie or whoever else, yeah. but just as God. That's right. Do you understand? Because we do this. You know, we do comparisons. Yeah. Everything is relative. This is my theory of relativity. I know Einstein got his, I got mine. Okay? <laughs> All right. My theory of relativity is everything is relative and we can't, you know, it needs to always be relative to what the Word of God says, not to how everybody else around us is doing. We can't say to God, we're doing better than so-and-so. God will say, that doesn't matter. Are you doing as good as me? Because of what we're going to see. Let's go to verse 5. Therefore, be imitators of God. Amen. So, he, he, the Apostle Paul is saying, don't imitate anybody else. Imitate God. But let's go back to verse 32 because I'm finished. And <laughs> so, <laughs> I want you to notice, he says, once again, we're talking about living a love-ruled life. A love-ruled life. Do you understand that that is the rule in your life? Okay? And he says again, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. So he's telling us now how you do this. He's showing us that it was God in Christ. That's the only way he could forgive you was in Christ. Because Jesus died for you, and Jesus did something extraordinary, he paid the price so you wouldn't have to pay it. He built, and it's more than a bridge. You know, people say, oh, Jesus is a bridge. He isn't the bridge. He took away the bridge. He took away all the gap between you and God. Yeah. Amen? And you just slapped him together. That's the reason why you're in him, and he's in you. There's no bridge. That's right. Amen. Amen? I know it works in the pictures and everything. You know, and you see a little cross and everything, and there's God, and there's you, and then you go over the cross and the other side, you know, have you all seen those pickies? Okay, all right, right. So they're all good and all. I get it. I, you know, okay, they're, they're cute. But the whole thing is there's no gap. When, when Jesus did this, it, you went into God, God came into you. Hallelujah. All right. See, if you don't receive that, then you can't do this. Because we can't do this in the flesh. Amen. All right, so... So again, he says, just as God in Christ forgave you. So the way God forgives you is the way we're we are to forgive others. And that's why he goes on to say, verse 1. See, you all know we put the chapters and verses in, don't you? This is all just one big letter. Somebody say amen. Okay, all right? It's one big letter. So scratch all the numbers. Just listen to what he's saying. 
He says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you, and therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Imitate God. The way God forgave you, you imitate that. Do you see the connection? Should never have been split. And he says, and walk in love. So he's telling us how to walk in love. That's be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. That's walking in love. Amen. There's no question. There's no, what does he mean? And he goes on to say, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. The way Christ loved us. The way Christ loved us. He died for us. Amen. If he was willing to do that for us, then he's saying that's how much you need to be willing to do for your brothers and sisters. Amen. Now listen to me. That doesn't mean we all become martyrs and we're all looking for a bus to run over us or nothing like that. This isn't about that. See, there is a martyrdom mindset out there that is just, and you know, people almost worship those people. Dude, when you're dead, that's it. You can't preach another sermon. You can't help another person. You died. Oh, my death is going to do so much. Not as much as if you're living. Have you noticed dead people don't get on planes? <laughs> dead people don't go anywhere. They're stuck. One spot. I need you to get this. That's why I love the Apostle John. That's why we did the, the epistles of John. And we took so long. Spent years on the thing. <laughs> Do you know why? Because he lived. And look at all the stuff he did because he lived. We wouldn't have the book of Revelation had he not lived. Amen. That's all I got to say about that. All right. <laughs> uh -huh. Where do we leave off? Oh, yeah. Oh, way over here. All right. <laughs> now, remember again, I'm still trying to catch up. They're a little new information, okay? But <laughs> remember again, we, we looked at the Greek word for love. This is the God kind of love that the King James as translates as charity because it doesn't know how else to translate the thing. It's trying to talk about a love that gives without expecting anything in return. Isn't that beautiful? It, isn't that the way it's meant to be? You know, can I just say this? Look to God for whatever you need, not to man. Listen to me. Look to man to see what you can do to help them. That's where you look to man. Can I say it again? You look to man to see who you can help. You look to God for what you need. You don't look to man to see what you can do so that you can get something back from man. These lines shouldn't be in the same place. There's a line to help and a line to receive, and they're two different directions. Now, God will choose people to come and bless you and help you and so on and so forth, but your eyes are on God so that you don't get upset with whatever you think you deserve because of what all you did, what sacrifice you made for that person, and they forget so quickly, and all of those attitudes that wreck your faith. Amen. This is, this is tough love, okay? This is the high life. You know, you can just kind of love everybody that love you and everything that isn't high life. That's normal. We're talking high life. We're talking the kind of life that people look at and say there's something different and something extraordinary about that person. Thank you. Amen. All right. 
The fact that love is commanded shows us that it is a matter of will. It's not a matter of feeling. Because if you go on your feelings, we're all in trouble. Hello. <laughs> okay? Because, you know, some days we feel good. Some days we don't feel so great. Don't let your feelings dictate how you're going to behave. And, therefore, what you're going to receive from God. Because the way you behave is directly proportional to, little math symbol there, okay, to what you receive from God. Because if you are a stinker, and you're naughty, and you're bad, and you're unrepentant, we, the dirty uncle, you, you don't get any, you're not getting anything. <laughs> No, it's fine. Okay. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. You can't be that way. Understand something that we decide what we receive in our life. Now, that doesn't mean if your life is not going so well, that that's all a matter of you sowing and reaping. Can I reiterate the fact that we live in a fallen world? And there is a devil. When Jesus said, let's go to the other side, Jesus did nothing wrong, but the devil trying to sink his boat. Which is the reason why he stood up and he said, peace be still. He wasn't fighting against the Father. He was fighting against the devil. That's the reason why everything shut down. It's so silly otherwise to think that, you know, God trying to kill his son in the middle. Hello. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, we went on to look at Proverbs 25, verse 21. We, We started looking at... What kind of love is this? What kind of love are we talking about? What kind of love qualifies as a high life kind of love? Not an average kind of love, but a high life kind of love, okay? Because we're not talking about average stuff. You all know, right? Okay. All right. So we looked at Proverbs 25, 21. It says, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. So notice one of the things that you can do for an enemy is that... You can physically help them. You need to be careful. There's nothing to do with prayer here, by the way. See, this is where we mess up, and I'm going to teach you what to pray, okay? There's nothing to do with prayer here yet, because prayer is a whole other thing. You can't pray for your enemy that God blesses them, because that won't work. I'll show you why in a minute and as we move on. All right, but this is what you can do. You can do stuff. You can do things. And God will use the things you do to get at them, to talk to them, so that when you pray, and I'm going to show you what to pray, when you pray, this stuff will work. They'll remember your good deed. Amen? All right, further to this, Exodus. We also went and looked at Exodus 23, verses 4 and 5. Exodus 23, beginning in verse 4, If you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey that has strayed away, take it back to its owner. Verse 5, if you see the donkey of someone who hates you struggling underneath a heavy load, do not walk by. Instead, stop and offer to help. I don't want to make fun about all this because we did that last time. But I want you to notice something. Don't let innocent things suffer because you got an extra grind with somebody else. And that belongs to them. Don't get angry at you know, somebody's kids because you hate them. Why take it out on the kids or the wife or their dog or their ox or whatever? Funny if they have an ox. But, you know, know, the whole point is, do you understand something? Don't let the innocence around them and your attitude towards them cause them to suffer by your hand. Get it? Okay. Moving on. Still not caught up. Now we're there. Okay. (laughs) So uh, the last thing I said to you was, 
Do I have five minutes left? No, I'm kidding. All right, so the last thing I said to you was, listen, I know it's unnatural to love people that are bad towards you, that are not doing the right thing by you, that spitefully use you, that hate you, and all that stuff. Okay, it's not natural, all right? So my advice to you was last time, if you're going to be thinking about them, why not pray? Why not bring God into the conversation? Why not, rather than you by yourself in your little chamber up there in your brain, somebody calls it, you know, our little torture chamber. We take all our enemies in there and we tell them off and all the things we should have said and we should have done. We take them up there and do it to them. And God sees all of that even though you didn't do it to them. You're getting penalized for it. Did you get what I just said? So rather than do all that stuff and have this thing that God goes, oh, we have a problem again. Why don't you invite God in and say, God, I've got a real problem with this. I really need you to help me. Plus, I don't want to love them. And you, and you need to be honest with God. See, this is the problem we have. We go to people and we tell them, and you, that's fine to do, by the way, to a degree. Be careful who you talk to, okay? All right, to, to a degree. But the thing is, and I know we need people to talk to. Uh, that's what I'm saying, okay? I get that. But I'm talking about the fact that, you know, we sometimes take things to people that we should be taken to God first. Before we ever go to people, finish with God, then go to people. And, you know, if we just go to God and we just say, you know, I need to talk to you. What is going on here? Are you on vacation? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, he's not, okay? But if you need to say, and I, I'm still alive. Yep, still going. Okay, so <laughs> just letting you know, he is built to take whatever you got. People aren't. Sometimes you burden people too much. And then they've got now a burden on them they're carrying that they weren't designed to carry. What they should do, if they're godly, is cast all that care upon the Lord because he does care for them and the person that is having a problem. Amen. We talked about the care of your life before. Okay, so getting back to this, I need you to understand something here. We need to learn to go to God. We need to learn to be honest with God. If we acknowledge or confess our sin, and you need to understand, it's a sin. Amen. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, but you don't understand what they are still doing to you. Whatever they did is still carrying. And you shouldn't allow that. Don't allow a moment in time to become all of your life. Do you understand what I just said? That's the reason you forgive, so that you can let go, and you can move on, and allow God into the situation. Because while we're sinning, it's very hard for God to do anything, because now we have the person that sinned against us, and us sinning. And we're all under judgment now. Do you get it? I don't know how, much, you know, how many times we had to do this in the past, and had to just walk away from things and just say, you know what, God, you look after it. I forgive them. Now, when I say I forgive them, it doesn't mean that I'm going to call them up every day and take them little cakes and everything. Forget it, okay? You, some days you need to forgive at a distance. Let go and say, oh, you know, because some days they want to push your face in. And that's, you, don't do that. If they have trouble with you, stop turning up. 
<laughs> okay? <laughs> All right, just leave him alone. Forgive him. Forgive yourself for whatever you did, you did wrong. That was the first thing we learned in this. Remember? Okay? Forgive yourself, forgive them, and move on. And if God leads you back to them, then go. But don't let your feelings lead you back to them. Just because you're feeling well, just because you feel good now, oh, that can turn out as arrogance. Just because you're right doesn't mean they're ready for you. Be led by the Spirit. Amen? All right. So, <laughs> what do we pray? And that's what I want to look at today. It took me a long time to get here. <laughs> but what do we pray? Because I told you, I showed you what we can do. We can be kind. We can be helpful. But what do we pray? Let's, we need to understand some things first. Let's go to Psalm 24. Psalm 24, I want to look at verses 4 and 5. Because we can't just pray general blessings over these kind of people. If they're hurting people, if they're hurting us, and they're, they're not just having a bad day. Please allow people to have a bad day. I'll say that again. Please allow people to have a bad day. Some days it's a week. Okay, might be a month, pushing it. But anyway, anything more than that, you need some counseling. All right, so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Psalm 24, beginning verse 4. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord. Now, I want to take the first part and the second part, okay? It says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. It's outside and inside. Doing things and the motivation behind them. Did you get that? Clean hands and a pure heart. Whatever you do, you do with the right motive, with a heart of love, without expecting anything in return, clean hands and a pure heart. Are you getting this? All right. It, it says those people shall receive from the Lord. It says he or she shall receive from the Lord. Okay? Now, you need to understand that that's... Because let's go to Galatians 6-7. Galatians 6-7. The Apostle Paul is writing this. And he says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Stop there. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. He says, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So if that doesn't happen, then it's a mockery. All right? Which means whatever you sow, you will reap. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Now, if somebody is sowing bad seed, and part of those bad seeds are being mean to you and horrible to you, that's what they're going to reap. Are you getting this? So you need to see the problem. Can God bless that? No. But if I pray a lot, no. Stop it. <laughs> Stop wasting your time. You can't pray that God bless them. Oh, brother, I think I'm going to turn this off. Wait, wait, wait. I've got lots more to say. All right? <laughs> Listen to me. I've just shown you something. I've just shown you how you can bless them. You can bless them on the outside. That doesn't take any pro That's no problem there. You can do good stuff for them. Are you getting this? However, your prayer has to be different because they are outside of God's will. God can't bless somebody that stepped out of his will. Are you getting this? 
Especially because there's a law in motion that says whatever you throw up will come down. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. There are laws. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And because it's a law, you need to understand that you need to obey and do what that law says in order to receive what that law says you're going to receive. If you give, you'll receive, so to speak, okay? And not from the people you give. I told you this before. Now, can I just say this? If you're helping the guy with his donkey and his ass and everything, is he going to help you? Probably not. He'll probably be one of those animals to you. <laughs> never mind. Nah, some of you got it. Some of you didn't. All right, never mind. <laughs> anyway, all right? Prob and see, we'll get mad because we helped them and they didn't help us. I mean, they did all this wrong to us, and we helped them, and they didn't appreciate it, is what should not be going on. Are you getting this now? You will look to God and say, God, I'm doing what you said. Whatever I sow, I'll reap. I'm sowing mercy. I am sowing all this good stuff. So here come the harvest. And it will come from people and from places that can bless you the best. Not necessarily the people you're helping, but wherever it needs to come from. Isn't that better? Amen? All right. So, it's because of this that in Galatians chapter 5, that the Apostle Paul, just going back a little bit, says all of these. I want to read these verses, not really fantastic verses, but I want to read them to you, okay? He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, I'm talking about people that do the wrong thing by you, okay? All right. See, I'm making you the good person. I'm not talking about you doing this to others. I'm talking about them doing it to you. How dare they? Okay, all right. So, wait, <laughs> wait, be honest. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. And then he begins to list them. Listen, he's saying, because you reap what you sow. If you do the wrong thing, all of this stuff, sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, uh, participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, jealousy. Isn't it interesting you put quarreling and jealousy? Okay, uh, keep up with me. Okay, quarreling and jealousy with all of these other things. I think it's really interesting. All right, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions. Some of this stuff is in the church. And it's equated to all the other stuff we just read. Okay, all right. The <laughs> yeah, got that one too. The feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group. I love that one. 21. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Wild parties. Scratch that one off. Okay. <laughs> and other <laughs> oh, hey, when they said wild parties, nothing like yours. Okay. All right. <laughs> and other kinds of sin. It says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you understand that? Do you understand that God can't do anything for people like that because of what they're sowing in their life? You really need to get this. That's the reason why I said, if that's the case, then how can you pray God bless them? How can you? Okay? So, when Jesus says, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, he's asking you to work with the Holy Spirit. Please be led by the Spirit in what you pray, okay? Pray against the evil that is governing their lives and pray God's perfect will. I've got scriptures for all of them. Um, 
Well, let me just give it to you real quick, okay? All right. Well, first thing, when I said he is asking you to work with the Holy Spirit, that's in uh, Romans 8, 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. And in, in the literal, it says, our inability to pray intelligently about the situation, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. In those times when you don't know what to pray, okay, get the Holy Spirit's help because he's there to help. Are you with me? Okay, so that's what I meant by that. When I said pray against evil, in Romans 12, 21, these are my footnotes I'm preaching from now, okay? Anyway, Romans 12, 21, it says, don't let evil get the best of you. Can I put them, please? All right? So this is how you pray. I told you, okay? All right? You just say, God, don't let evil get the best of them, but help them conquer evil by doing good. This is how you can pray for others. All right? And the last thing I said was, pray God's perfect will to be revealed and fulfilled in their lives. Obviously, that's Romans 12 too. Okay? That says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what you can pray. Thank you, Lord, for their minds being renewed. I'm going to show you how to do that in just a minute as well. All right, moving on. Did I get the right page? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so let's go on with this. To do this, first of all, you must pray. Obviously, that the eyes of their understanding are open. That's a prayer you can pray that God can answer. This is Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to, be, I'm going to start reading in verse 16 and through to verse 18. All right? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. So we'll go through this slowly now, and I have five minutes left. All right, so <laughs> it says, Do not cease to give thanks, uh, uh, do not cease to give thanks to you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. And verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is the apostle Paul praying for you and what you can pray for others. Did you see when he, that's the reason why I started way back in verse 16, because he says, this is what I'm praying for you. You know, the Apostle Paul had a lot of people that were doing a lot of things that weren't good. He isn't praying this prayer for people that are doing the right thing. Jesus said the people that are sick need a physician, not the ones that are healed. You pray this stuff for people that aren't doing it. And for the people that are doing it, hallelujah, let them keep doing it. But don't you normally address issues there is an issue. Otherwise, you're praying for everything all the time. The things you pray for usually are when people have a lack in their life. And so you're trying to, you are trying to help them with that. So I want you to see this from that side now. That he is praying all this stuff so that they can walk in this. Because maybe, just maybe, some of them aren't. Probably most of them. <laughs> okay? So he says... He says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. In other words, and I'm going to stop there. In other words, he's saying that they understand what they're walking away from. They understand that God has a higher life for them. They understand that what they're doing isn't helping themselves, isn't helping anybody around them. It is, it is leading their own lives to ruin and opening the door for the devil to walk in. Amen. Can I just say this? The reason that God gives us his word is to show us the path that we can walk that is safe, that is blessed, and that keeps us out of the devil's way. So that he can't ever get in our way. Now he'll try, but if you walk this path, then you can stand up and say, peace, be still, and it will shut down. Because you're walking that path of righteousness. Doesn't mean things won't come at you. It just means whatever comes at you, you can take care of in an instant. 
However, if you are walking a path that is not so righteous, of course, 1 John 1, 9. It takes away all the righteous unrighteousness and you get back onto righteousness. Please do that if ever you're not walking this path of righteousness. Simple as that. But you have to do that now, don't you? Because you're out here somewhere. Don't all look innocent at me. You all know what I'm talking about. Okay? <laughs> all right? So we're not perfect. I get it. I get it. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just saying, listen... A price was paid so that we can go back to perfection. So we can go back to a place of sinlessness in an instant of time. So that the devil has nothing on you. Absolutely. All his, you know, he has all these charges. As soon as you apply the blood, as soon as you say, I acknowledge my sin, all those things disappear off his page. Now all he can do is kind of go, I have a page here of of charges. And And the judge says, let me see it. No, it's here now, okay? I'm just <laughs> Show me. Now, nah, did think so. Because two seconds before, they repented. And it all went away. Isn't that beautiful? Ah, <sighs> oh, man. Second, we ran out of time, but I'm doing one more. <laughs> that, they, that they will no longer be led astray. We'll come back to this, okay? Let me introduce it. I got so much more to say here. That they will no longer be led astray by their enemies. Jesus himself prayed this. I really like the New Living Translation. So if you don't have the New Living Translation, don't put this up. Okay, in in Luke 11, 4. Only because the other translations, thank God for the New Living. I mean, you know, I love all the translations. Each one is good in in certain places. You know, I just, anyway, that's why there's so many. Somebody said, why are there so many translations? Because they can't get it right. So hopefully in about 20 translations, you can find one that got it right <laughs> for that verse. So in this one, the, it says it so well. It, Jesus is praying. This is when Jesus was praying. He says, forgive us our sins, just as we forgive, uh, forgive those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Because the other versions say, don't lead us into temptation. God will never lead you into temptation. James says that. When you are tempted, don't blame God. Because he's not the one that is tempted, neither does he tempt anyone. Okay, so obviously, and the Bible will never contradict itself, so obviously our translation contradicts. Translations will always contradict other things, okay? But the original never does. And the, this, this uh, reflects the original much better than anything else. When it says, don't let us yield to temptation, that, because that's exactly right, because the Holy Spirit will be in you, jumping up and down, waving his hand, saying, don't do it! <laughs> okay? So those people that say, oh, I couldn't help it. I just, oh, don't lie now. You're lying now. Because there's a God on the inside jumping up and down telling you, don't do it. And you went against all of that and did it. Now we need to repent, <laughs> okay? Which you can, hallelujah. But I have to finish with this, okay? Because I've said here, not only do they, right, listen. So you can pray this for them, that they don't yield to temptation, all right? And number three, that they will repent of any wrongdoings they've committed as well. That's in 1 John 1, 9, which you looked at, but I want to take you to 1 John 2, 1 and finish there. Because it says, because people say, well, you're giving people license to sin. Sweetheart, they've just been sinning anyway, all the time. 
What license? <laughs> okay. All right. So this is, but I want you to see 1 John 2, 1. Because it's two verses after 1 John 1, 9. So there's 1 John 1, 9, 1 John 1, 10, and then 1 John 2, 1. Do you all get me? Okay. All right. This could be 1 John 1, 11. There. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, you know what I'm trying to say. All right. <laughs> it says, my little children, these things are right to you, so that what? You may not sin. He's saying, I'm doing all of this so that you stop. I'm letting you know that your past sins don't have to hold you back. If you acknowledge them, God will cleanse you of it, forgive you, restore you back to a place of absolute perfection so that you can move forward from that place rather than carrying the burden of that and allowing that to rule your life. You're with me. So God says, I'll give you, a, every time you acknowledge your sin, I'll give you an absolutely clean slate to start with. When they look up your records, nothing there to say you did anything wrong ever. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? So the only enemies you have now are the devil and your memory. Deal with both appropriately. And i got to stop. <laughs> okay? We'll come back and look at some other things. But I just, I know I'm a minus two. I get it. Okay? So I, I want you to see a couple of things. So what can you pray? What can you do? You do good things. Okay? As the Lord leads. As the Lord leads. Okay? Number two. You can pray for their eyes to, the eyes of their understanding open so they know what they're doing, that they realize the damage that they're causing. That's what usually happens, you know. Some people just come to their senses. That's what it is. The eyes of their understanding are open. Then they go, what am I doing? I've got to change my life. This is, this is, why? Hallelujah, your prayers are working now. And why was I mean to that person? I mean, they helped me with my donkey and my ass. And that's what I was to them. You know, and I should be nice to them. Hello. No, seriously, see how this thing works now? The eyes of the understanding are open. Then they ask God, forgive me. And please don't let me do that again. See, all the, you're praying all these things now. And they'll think it was their brilliant idea. And don't you open your mouth and say you prayed that. I have known people, just despite others, have said, well, that's it. Because of that, I'm not doing that anymore. Because they said, well, I prayed for you. Yes, my prayers are coming to pass. <laughs> Come over here, let me beat you a little bit. No, <laughs> then I'll repent. But, <laughs> you know, you know, don't ruin things, man. I mean, why wreck something? Because we want our badge of pride. We want to say, I did that. Don't do that, for, don't do that to people. Because you all don't know how many people prayed for you. They never told you they prayed for you. You thought it was all your brilliant ideas where you are today. Thank God somebody was praying for you and left you alone. <laughs> okay. Amen. All right. I have to stop there. I have to stop. I have to stop. All right. Hallelujah. Let's have a red body record. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Father, we thank you today for your word and we thank you, Father, for all the wisdom, the revelation, and the insight that we're receiving in all of this. And I just thank you, God, that this is the high life. This is difficult, but we are never alone. You are with us. You strengthen us. We have your grace. We have your mercy. We have your love. And we have the power of the Spirit. We have the wisdom of God. We have angels. We have all kinds of things working for us. 
And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.